Welcome to the Light Pod, brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and well, a little entertainment. We're on location today at the IALD conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico, celebrating the 50th year of the International Association of Lighting Designers. I'm your host, Sam Corbel, and today I'm honored to have a guest on our show who runs her own lighting design studio, Spark Lab, up in Seattle, Washington. Please welcome CJ Brockway. It's great to see you, CJ. How are you doing? Doing well. Have you enjoyed the conference so far? Yeah. Yeah, I love going to Enlighten. It's a great conference. What would you say your favorite thing about Enlighten is? I would say that I think it's really important to stay tapped into some of the latest thinking about lighting. I think that going to a bunch of different conferences is important, including IES Conference and other educational events that are outside of our industry. But you actually get tapped into what other designers think is really important by going to the Enlightened Conference because you get a chance to talk to them about it. The networking and connection aspect of it is is actually really fun. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. You know, getting to see old friends, make some new friends, maybe get a new opportunity here or there too is also something that's really fun. And I think is unique in an industry that is so tight niche. Sometimes we forget that we're really on the same page and, and we want to help each other out. So yeah. it's, it's a fun place to be at, isn't it? It's true. And it kind of spoils us for other conferences because I feel like if I want to go to another conference, I want to run into buddies who I feel comfortable talking to. And when they're not there, I feel like I miss going to this one. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. No, I, I, I know how you feel. I've, um, this is actually my first enlightened conference that I've ever been to. Yeah. And have you liked it? It's, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed kind of getting to plug back into what it means to be a lighting designer. Yeah. Um, it's not something I've ever gotten to practice professionally aside from being an intern when I was like 19 years old. So, you know, it's important to remember, um, really why we all are in this business and why, why we all care so much about lighting. Yeah. Um, it's because it's good design. Mm-hmm. And it's important. So real quick, just uh, just run me through what you've been doing since you decided lighting was was what you wanted to pursue professionally. Well, uh, I studied theater and music, specifically theater lighting, and realized that I liked the permanence of architectural lighting after I got out of school. Um, Were you uh, five or six like me when you did that? Or <laughs> No. Uh, you mean, wait, the permanence of lighting. I did actually have like, like, well, okay, I'm a girl. I did play with some dolls, but I yeah. had this like little light that I would aim at them to make them do little performances. In awesome. Because, you know, as an only child, that's what you have to do to entertain yourself. Of course, yeah. How old were you when you were playing with lights aiming them on your doll? I have no idea. So you've basically, you know, loved lighting as long as you've been alive. Sure, yeah. I mean, I don't think that we really know that we love light necessarily until we start understanding it as a medium. And I think being in theater really helps you to start realizing that it's a visceral thing that you can sculpt and control. Uh, It was the perfect combination for me uh, because my dad is an electrical engineer and my mom's an interior designer. So it was like a mesh of the two worlds. So that was good for me. So real quick, CJ, just walk me through your professional career in the lighting world. I believe you've been in it for almost 25 years. Is that right? Oh, no, just just about 20. Oh, just about 20. <laughs> That's okay. a little older than me. <laughs> well, actually, no, wait a sec. That doesn't even make sense. No, that's uh, uh, no, I've been at it for about 20 years. That's awesome. So where'd you start? Well, uh, so I wanted to do theater lighting uh, after I graduated uh, and then came to realize after working for a 
theatrical uh, distributor that put together packages for schools and churches and things like that. Um, I helped them to do quotes for what I thought would be good for like what kind of shows would you light at a school or a church and what sort of equipment would you need and it was sort of a foray into learning that okay these things are planned and designed and it was like okay this is what architectural lighting might actually be like you get to figure out what the tools would be to to use in the space um I did little secret uh give up on a tour to go uh, out with um, Van Halen on the road to go and take an architectural lighting opportunity instead. Wow, what was what was that opportunity with Van Halen like? To be a moving light tech for, for them, but I decided against it. So that's my what if moment in my life. What, what if, if I would have done that instead? What <laughs> if I was lighting Van Halen with one million candelas every single night? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you're not. No. But you're doing some pretty cool things. Oh, I like to think uh, Spark Lab's doing some neat stuff. Um, Spark Lab isn't just me, uh, so I think that it's pretty fun to to be able to build something that you know we can eventually provide lighting that other people can experience in a meaningful way. So, what were you doing prior to Spark Lab? Just immediately before it. So I was working uh, in uh, an engineering firm for a, a couple of years, and before that, I, I for, for ten years I uh, ran a lighting studio within an architectural practice, a, a pretty large one, NBBJ in Seattle. Um, and uh, before that, I actually lived in Santa Fe for a year. Wow, not not too far from where we are right now. <laughs> Surprisingly. And uh, before that, I was in New York City and um, worked for a big, a big firm there. And then, um, yeah, I'm actually from Seattle originally, so I ended up moving back home. Well, you know, that, that pretty much answers the next question I had. How did you choose to, to end up in Seattle, but yeah. coming home is always nice, isn't it? My grandparents were from Seattle. That's awesome. Generations of uh, Seattleites. Is that what they call you guys? Yes, you got that right. Not satellites. Not satellites. Seattleites. Make make note of that. <laughs> what, um, does, you know, you obviously spent a bunch of time developing some pretty incredible opportunities within companies. What made you want to move out on your own and say, there's something I want to accomplish that I can't do where I've been so far? That's a really good question, and it's actually one that I ponder often. I think that I definitely, after, you know, 18 years or so, um, finally felt like maybe I was ready. Um, I'm a little slow start. I don't know. Actually, I don't think that's slow. I think that's totally reasonable. In fact, uh, I teach class at the University of Washington winter quarter, and, um, you know, I, I'd had a chance. I've been doing that for about four years, and... Uh, taught at another place before that but somebody had asked me to teach a class at a college around a dozen years ago and I thought okay well frankly I just don't think I'm ready I mean yeah I maybe I could fake my way through it but to teach other people I, I kind of want to have more experience under my belt and I always felt like I never really had a strong impulse to have my own practice and frankly <laughs> again I question that all the time yeah but uh, I think that when you get to the point of just wanting a little more certain something you don't think you're getting. Um, for me, I, I really wanted a mock-up space. I'm a very hands-on experimental person and I had a little bit of a brain crush on making a, a space my own that would be the perfect lighting design studio space. Some place that I could really experiment with light um, and I'd feel really proud to, to occupy. I didn't like the walls of the architecture firm and the engineering firm so that I'd been at. Um, they were, I mean, 
they're great. They were, they were fine. Actually, the architectural firm in particular was incredibly collaborative, and I love the design shreds. I, I, I can join a design shred every afternoon, and it would really float my boat. But um, no, I, I, I need a white wall, and I need a place to stash all my samples, and I want to play loud music. <laughs> and, and if I want to leave at um, two in the afternoon to go do fun sporting adventure and maybe come and pick it up later, I kind of want to do that too. So there was a bit of a, maybe I want to just try it. And when you realize, okay, here's the other thing. If you're not having a kid and you're like, okay, maybe I'm going to have a little baby business, you know, and give it a, give it a whirl. So, you know, it's now or never. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I think that everybody needs to have a, a passion in life and be able to follow it. And everybody kind of wants to nurture something. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes at um, different ways, different opportunities to people in life. And I think it's awesome that you've really built up the courage to, to go out on your own. And I, I congratulate you for it. It's, it's really cool. Thanks. Do you feel like when you were at those architecture and engineering firms that they they helped build a foundation for you and and it really was as you said you know eighteen years isn't too short it's it's great it's been a lot of good experience to set you up to understand what it means to be a part of this industry but run your own show at the same time yeah yeah i would I would definitely say that's that's spot on one thing that the architecture firm really uh, helped me to better understand was how to manage a, a studio. Um, when you're looking at profitability, chargeability, um, some of the issues related to marketing, I think that you, you have to make this a venture that's going to be sustainable and you don't learn that without sort of being pushed to do it and getting the experience of those sorts of tasks within the safety of a larger structure or structure organization is, is really, really helpful. So in a sense, it's great to to see what you can do. And, and a lot of people, I think, are going to end up wanting to stay there because once you get embedded within an institution that you feel you have um, your own role within and you get to help shape, it, it feels good to, to stay put. Um, but you also do have the opportunity to, to learn some skills that if you do go out on your own, you can you can put to use for yourself later. Absolutely. I completely hear what you're saying. And I think what's cool is that you took the time to understand all of that and kind of let it nurture. And at that final moment, you said, it's just giving me one thing I can't do. And you had the courage to go out on your own and build that mock-up space and, and kind of complete your dream, which, yeah. which, 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 you know, maybe, maybe we can just dive into a little bit, you know, <laughs> the, the dream, the grass that is greener, but maybe is hard to eat at first because it isn't as easy to find. I mean, um, you're two and a half years in and you've had some success, but at the same time, there's always challenges and they're probably not necessarily what you thought they would be. Yeah. Um, I think I really wanted to come out the door throwing punches and getting ready and to be into the action. And, and honestly, um, I might've gone a little too fast. Uh, I found myself, um, in fact, this is still true. It's really hard to get clients to pay their bills. Um, so much so that I actually had to give up my really super awesome studio space for a while. So that's a bit of a pain. Um, a, a little what was that heartache. like? How, how long did you have to give it up for? Well, I'm, I've made something else, uh, a studio space right now that um, uh, my employee, uh, Susanna, and I are, are occupying right now. And um, the other helpers that we have coming in. But it's... Um, it's in my house, and I, I kind of hate that. <laughs> I want a studio again. 
<laughs> I mean, I still have a mock-up space, um, much to my, my husband's dismay. Actually, that's not true. He's very supportive of it. Um, but no, I, I, I think I much prefer working out of a studio than, than at home. Yeah, having a place to, to go to, to commute, to create the camaraderie and uh, really focus in on what it is you're, you're there to accomplish every day is important, isn't it? Yeah, and the energy that you get even just going to and from work, seeing other people, it helps remind you what's cool and, and honestly what you hate. It just it gives you that like wave of reality. Sure, absolutely. I think uh, it's it's very interesting because in 2019, heck, 2020 seems to be almost around the corner at this point. The work environment has has shifted dramatically. Offices are are there, but there's co-working spaces. I don't know how lighting remote. designers use co-working. I truly, I I could never do that. It's 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 interesting, right? But I think there's a lot of value, is what I'm hearing from you, of having that office and that space and that environment to really be hands-on and collaborate every day. And and again, this is just for me. I'm sure there are a lot of other lighting designers out there who really know how to be nimble and, and roll with that. Sure, but we've seen your work and we know you do good work and we know you're passionate about lighting. <laughs> I'm passionate about getting my hands dirty, I guess. <laughs> yeah, talk just talk just a little bit more to me about why you think it's important to, to get your hands dirty and, and really mock up with lighting and, and see it for, for yourself versus taking somebody else's word for it. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm an advocate for hand drawing. I'm an advocate for plugging things in and um, taking them apart. Um, I absolutely am on the nerd end of the spectrum. My ex-coworkers for a present once gave me a, a, a robot I got to assemble myself, so that was one of my favorite presents ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but uh, I think that when it comes to light, like especially talking to students um, in the university level who are just starting to grasp architecture, and they think they get light, and you, you, you go from the beginning of the quarter to the end of the quarter, to, to really see them blossom and actually start to see how light works. And it, it doesn't happen without physically playing with it, physically touching it, and putting a, a lens over the light and actually observing how it, it shapes the light. Looking at a, a cove detail, I mean, I have to constantly, you know, one manufacturer's product from another. If it's two inches versus three inches away from the wall, I get a different effect. I need to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like you've had to spend a, a significant amount of time in your career learning how to do mock-ups or is it, um, is it intuitive to you? Well, I, um, I guess it was just something I had to do because in theater you, you, you do that. You, you learn how to use light and you see how it works when you, you have a subject you're attempting to illuminate. I remember one show I did, I just basically aimed a light at a big white poster on a wall and then used the light that came off the poster as sort of indirect light to light the space. And that was kind of my first, oh my gosh, I guess I can really be concentrating on, a, on reflected light in terms of design. And when you're in, in theater, I think you, you get a chance to absolutely well you know thanks for sharing your thoughts with us on on what it means to to be that lighting designer and evolve into it let's take a quick break and then we'll hop back into uh spark lab and where it's going next okay okay thanks hey it's sam real quick the light pod is part of LightEye, a new tool for designers and a hub for ideas education and a little entertainment in the lighting industry. They tell stories about lighting and share them with the community via short videos on all the social media networks. Check them out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the handle at 
light underscore I, that's L-Y-T-E underscore I, or find them on LinkedIn and of course their video hub, YouTube. Light Eye, you know, it stands for Light Ideas. The stories they tell really are about lighting and can feature anything from a design method or a person, a firm, a project, a product, or anything else you might think of in the lighting or lighting controls world. If there's something you'd like to hear about, drop them a line at empower at lighteye.com. And welcome back to the Light Pod. We're just going to catch up with CJ a little bit more about, you know, what her intent and desire when she started Spark Lab was and, and maybe how that's evolved in the short two and a half years that she spent doing it. Well, one thing I kind of forgot to mention was that when I when I started Spark Lab, I, I really did it because I wanted to get more into doing art lighting, you know, whether it's illumination of art that other people are building or actually doing installation work myself. I figured that... I wasn't going to get that opportunity working within the confines of an engineer and um, and even an architectural office. Um, so I really wanted to see if I could find a way to make that project type something that I could own. Um, and so I think that your question was really on like how things have evolved. Um, I still have that as my goal, but right now I have an only because I have to cover my bills. <laughs> I have. I have an incredibly wide, diverse range of projects that I'm working on. You know, I, I, in my background, I've done a ton of healthcare. Um, I've got like some civic stuff. I've got, you know, a lot of corporate commercial. I've got, you know, end user developer based and, you know, libraries and um, hospitality. And I, I'm surprised that, um, uh, I have gotten to do some some actual art lighting in the last uh, couple years here, um, but I've picked up some some residential, and that wasn't a market sector that I I was thinking I was going to end up focusing on. But what I've learned, and it's really surprised me, is that I'm learning from doing residential work some things that I can apply to doing lighting design all over. Like some of the things that the end users are caring about, I know are the same things that the owners who I'm talking to on commercial projects are caring about and the contractors care about. It's totally different, of course, but there's, an, I think, a usefulness in having a diverse range of projects that you do work on. And again, this is just for me. I know there are some people that focus on their one specific project type and they get really, really, really good at it. And hands down, I'm not going to say I'm going to be the best designer for absolutely every single type of project, but I'm, I'm just learning a lot by having to dabble in it. What's an example of maybe one or two things that you've learned in that residential realm that you think do translate? Wireless controls. Uh, I'm, I'm contemplating how those can be better implemented within commercial applications, um, especially if it's a, a remodel of an existing space. Um, I'm looking at any area that has a hardlit ceiling and I'm actually wondering like, uh, and I'm, seriously, I don't know if this is the right thing or not, but I'm wondering if I should be specking remodeler housings even when I could be specking a new construction housing because maybe it's going to be easier to take that fixture out later to swap it and put in something different if it has a failure. Um, I'm, I'm looking at glare with two-inch aperture fixtures and how horrible they are. Um, and, you know, I... But smaller is better, isn't it? Oh, right. <laughs> not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The um, the interesting thing that I think 
you've been able to do is continue to pursue your passion and have that end goal while adapting along the way. Walk me through a little bit of what it's like to actually run that business that you are proud of and come to work and really support and drive home that mission of being able to do exactly what you want long term. Yeah, yeah. And um, to quote Charles Stone, the devil is in the details. Um, I think that uh, you really need to be fully in charge of everything you have to do. And you have to make sure you check that list and get everything ticked off. You have to be really, really, really diligent. And I know for me, uh, I, again, I, I, I kind of geek out on spreadsheets and, you know, all the sorts of things that, um, are tools that, you know, maybe aren't so fun, but frankly, I, I find them satisfying. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, my, uh, like within Spark Lab, we really have to check in with each other and, and people who we're working with to make sure that we're going to end up um, tackling all those things on that list and doing a really constant process of, okay, did we get this done? Did we return that, that email somebody sent to us asking us X, Y, or Z? Did we, are we going to be proactive? Because you know, I don't trust that any of the clients we work with really know how to fit us into their schedules. So from a project management standpoint, um, we have to be project managers. We have to help project manage the project managers within the architectural firms we work for because they don't know how to work with us. Absolutely. And that's just, that's just the client facing, you know, sexy side of what you're doing every day. I feel like you've also got to run an entire business at the same time, even though there's not 400 employees working under one roof. Yeah. Running a business is running a business. So I have, um, full disclosure, I have an awesome mother and she uh, was an interior designer for 30 years and she is helping me, especially when it comes to doing my books and making sure that I'm staying on top of things. So I, I owe so, I owe her so many thanks and I, I'm, I'm so grateful for having that as a, as a luxury. Um, I really want her to be retired. <laughs> everybody, everybody wants their mom to make dinner and hang out, right? But they, yeah. they, they just never seem to want to quit. They always want yeah. to be there for you. Yeah, she's great. That's awesome. Uh, well, some of the other things that I'm, I'm learning relative to HR, relative to health insurance, you know, I, I believe really strongly that we should be giving our employees health insurance. And I think that a lot of those benefits that you get for larger firms, you're not going to get people to want to work for you as a smaller practice if they don't get those things. Yeah. We have to be competitive. Um, that unfortunately, especially when, and here's the thing that is maybe a little bit on the downside, but if I had more people working for me, I would be able to ameliorate those costs. I would be able to find a way to spread out the Revit licenses, the different um, tools that we need to a greater number of people, which would reduce my overhead. But because I'm not big enough yet, I really do have a lot of costs that I have to take into consideration. And, and it was and truly, truly a, a heartache to, to move out of my studio space. I had the coolest freight elevator. No way. Super awesome. Oh, yeah. And a spiral slide where you could put packages down it. Wow. Did you, could you slide down the slide too? Or was it just a package? <laughs> was it just a package slide? Believe me, I, I, I tried. You tried. They, you they tried. had the, the door locked. They had the door yeah. locked. Well, safety, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe for your 10 year anniversary, you can go back and unlock the door and slide down the slide and get your space back. I'll get a lock pick. Yeah, ab yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think it's very interesting that while you're having some, 
some um, hardships and successes you're having to grow and build but at the same time you have people to lean on like your mom mentorship's a big thing in life and truly it's um you know talk to me a little bit about the support you had to go out on your own and, and what you continue to receive even though people may not necessarily be working for you yeah well i had to get a loan um uh i had i have an agreement of a, a payback period uh, on that that I'm moving towards. Uh, I have bills that add up every month that I use QuickBooks as a tool. I'm, I know that that's pretty standard. Um, I've had legal assistance to make sure that contractually uh, I've, I'm setting myself up for, for better, for, for, for being protected. Um, I have uh, an IT company that I hire to who helps us to make sure that we don't have any challenges with our, our, our systems. Um, of course, I have a CPA. Um, I have, uh, there's a plan called a QSEHRA, which is Qualified uh, Small Employer Health Retirement uh, Account. Is that what it is? Anyway, anyway, there's this way that you can be able to contribute funds in to support health insurance for your employees. That's something that's out there. Uh, I It took me a year to get all the paperwork together to be able to prove that I'm female so that I can actually be wow. a, a woman-owned business. That's incredible. Um, I don't really know to what extent <laughs> that's helpful. Um, it, the funny thing is, uh, as soon as I like posted to LinkedIn, yay, I got my woman-owned business, Donna Hollingsworth reminded me, great, now you get all the spam email that go along with it. And oh my gosh, is that ever true? Is so, it really? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's something to be said about a uh, woman taking taking hold and doing what they believe. And I think it's, it's awesome that you took the time and congratulations on getting that. You know, I, I do have to say, I, I think that the lighting industry is pretty is pretty evenly handed when it comes to men and women being in the field. Um, I, I also have some challenges when it comes to equality issues. I kind of don't like getting credits for my gender. Um, so I feel like there's, um, I don't know. I, I, I will look forward to the day when that isn't a thing. I would, I would agree with you. This industry is, is progressive and it sees both men and women as equal, equal opportunist um, people that can both perform the same tasks. And at the end of the day, everybody's a creative and, yeah. you know, whether or not you're a guy or a gal, yeah. you can be creative and you can do some pretty absolutely incredible things. I think so. And you don't necessarily have to have a lifetime of experience behind you, but as you mentioned, uh, a lifetime experience may help you create an opportunity to go out on your own because it would be hard to be creative and run a business when you were only three years into what we call the real world. Yeah, you know, if what you're getting at is like, just think twice about starting out on your own before you have a lot of experience under your belt, I would agree with that. I do think that there may be some examples of people who have been able to partner with others when they're younger and be able to like build upon each other's strengths. And, and I can see that that could be a real asset. Partnership and support with anything you want to do on your own, I think is important. Oh, I have been able to collaborate with some other lighting designers on projects. That's been really fun. And have you found them or have they found you? Uh, both, both. I mean, they're people, I, I mean, the lighting industry is so small. No, 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 it's not small. There's only 1400 people in it. Um, also the employer who I, I left last actually was really kind to me and, and helped to continue, 
um, keeping me on some projects that I'd been working on, even though I was no longer with them. And that I, I really am thankful for. That's awesome. Yeah. Mentorship and support. Yeah. It goes a long, long way, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. What's next for you? You've got two and a half years under your belt. You've got an employee. You've got a cool home studio. You've got some, some ambitions to do some cool things. Do you, do you have anything you're looking forward to or, or things that are happening that you want to share? Well, I am really motivated to keep doing some more uh, installation art. Uh, because that's what gets my juices flowing. Um, I'm getting more involved in themed environments. So Susanna, who's part of Spark Lab, has a really strong background also in like theater and event lighting. Um, we're having a lot of fun um, making sure that we're staying tapped into that world. Uh, I desperately want to do another hospital. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I very much appreciate how light can contribute to the health and well-being of people. And I like public spaces that, that are potentially really truly meaningful for the users. Um, so I'm, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to seek out. That's awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck as you continue on. It's going to be a fun journey for you. You're certainly just so. getting started. Oh, <laughs> listen. Every day, every day you wake up with a smile on your face, like you've got right now. There's, there's no way you couldn't, couldn't enjoy a little bit about what you're doing. Okay. Plus, remind I'd, me that tomorrow. <laughs> I, I will. I will. You know, I'll do you a favor. I'll send you a, a link to your own podcast, and you can just remind yourself how much you love lighting, because it's very apparent that you do. And I think it's wonderful that you've dedicated so much time and energy to the lighting industry and now you're maybe giving yourself a little bit of an opportunity to do everything that you've ever wanted to do so good luck with everything um what by the way what would be the best way to reach out to you or follow what you're doing so uh we're at www.sparklabld.com we're also on instagram uh or on linkedin or facebook or just email me, cj at sparklabld.com. I hear people getting up at 4 a.m. to go see like 500 hot air balloons ascend at one point in time. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually did that this morning. You so did. That's How was why it? I don't know that I'm going to be waking up tomorrow morning with a smile on my face. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we, we, give, me, give, me, give me 30 seconds on what that experience was like. The balloons and seeing the enormity. That... So, Sam, I, I, I'm used to the air. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of into flying things and so it was really cool to see how it worked with hot air balloons it's, it's a really neat um experience just to see how the volume fills up within the the giant balloon and they um they end up having a very easy time being upright i kept thinking they were gonna like in like wizard of oz end up trying to go up oh no hold down the ropes hold down the ropes no they'd measure just the perfect amount of fuel to keep that balloon inflated i'm sorry you're trying to end the podcast no but, I'm not, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah and then the wind has uh different directions at different altitudes and so they can control which way they go based on how high or low they are um and yeah, it's just going out to the Balloon Fiesta Park is, is really cool because you get to kind of talk to people about it and see how it works. Did you get to go up in a balloon or were you just kind of checking it out? No, I was just checking it out. There are some other lighting designers that did, but that's, that's pretty cool. Well, thank you for your time. It's been wonderful to catch up with you. Likewise. We'll, uh, we'll see you again at the IALD conference in Palm Springs next year, maybe in also Norway. Ooh, I'd love to go to Oslo. Yeah, and hopefully in Seattle. Maybe, uh, maybe on a sunny day, maybe not. Come visit. I'll take you hiking. I'd love to. <laughs> All right. See you soon. All right. Take bye. care. Thanks for tuning in to The Light Pod and joining me as we learn more about CJ and what she's doing at Spark Lab up in Seattle, Washington. Stay tuned 
for more stories about people in the lighting industry, what they're working on, what their accomplishments are, and what they're facing each and every day. We look forward to catching up with you again soon. Until then, cheers. Cheers.